0: Hello and welcome to episode forty of Together, a Brighton of Albion podcast. Uh, I'm Josh. I have been your host for forty episodes now, um, and we come to the end of the season. Uh, what a what a season it was! I was going to say what a great season it was, but this this half of twenty nineteen ain't been so great. But when you look back on it um without context you know doing the double over palace an fa cup semi-final staying up with a game to go um and being able to really play spoiler to the biggest team in the country at this point um ends up on the face of it looking like an incredible season uh when you look at it again you know that we had a terrible um 2019 in general um i don't think we've won in seven games now or something crazy. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we are a Premier League team for next year. We've seen some incredibly encouraging performances in the last couple of games uh, before the end of the season. And if we can keep that up, whether it's under Hughton or not, um, I think it's going to be a big thing. I think that Hewton's, uh team's performances over the last two weeks uh, has probably earned him another year. Whether you agree with that or not, I don't think we've got real really much choice about it. Um, I think Bloom will back him for one more year. Uh, now, if he does have the team playing as well as we played in the last two games, despite the fact that we did just get beat 4-1, um, the performance itself was really good. And I think that if he can have us play with that same sort of positivity... Um, I mean, we had six shots today against Manchester City. There was games a couple of weeks ago where we were playing teams that were in and around us and we were achieving one shot on target all game. Um you know, we've we've come a long way in the last couple of weeks uh, in terms of turning it back around. It's just a case of whether Hutton can make that a consistent thing. Um, if he can, you know, I think that we'll have a really good chance of staying up next year. If he can't, we could be left bottom at Christmas uh, in a Huddersfield type situation where it's too late and we just have to bring in someone else to steady the ship for a championship run um no one knows and that's kind of like the, the scariness of uh of a team being in the position we're in really um you know it comes with part of the part it's part and parcel of being a team that are in and around the bottom six of the premier league uh and it is only going to be our third year so we have a lot of building still to do if we want to get anywhere um but moving on to manchester city game because um, we have a bunch to cover this week with the top five stories of the week. Uh, and, Honestly, most of them aren't really stories. They're just topics I really wanted to cover. (laughs) Um, So story number five is the Manchester City game, obviously. Um, Dale Stevens unavailable for selection. Nobody knows why. Um, Solly March, unavailable for selection. Got a calf injury against Arsenal. Um, Not too worried about that. He'll be back next season, no problem. Um, Dale Stevens. not sure what went on there. Uh... There was rumors of the Albion players partying all week. So if that's the case, maybe he was hung over or maybe he just has a knock. Um, I'm sure Chris will expand upon that sometime in the next week or so uh, before they all head off on holiday as to how Dale Stevens doing. Um, but, you know, the, the good today, uh, I think, obviously has to be Pascal Gross. Got himself an assist today. Uh, two key passes. Um, over 70% pass accuracy rate. Which a lot of the forward forward line did actually today. Knockout, uh, Bisuma, Callao, uh, Bernardo, uh, Ali Reza all had um, way over a 70% passing accuracy rate. And that is something that we've really floundered on in the last couple of uh, weeks, especially against the big teams. Um, we have struggled to keep the ball incredibly, but like it's just been horrific. Um, we have just not been able to keep that ball away from the big boys. Uh, and the front lot did it for us today. Um, slightly better than they have done in the past. <laughs> um, I also thought Bisuma had a good game. Not sure what the new hair's is about. Uh, not sure if we'll see that again because that was uh, interesting. Uh, Knockout looked very much in the mood today. Um, thought he played really well. Murray got us the goal. Um, and for the most part, everybody played okay. Uh, I thought Jahan Baksh had one of his better games again. Uh, yes, he came off on 66 minutes, looked tired. Um, but what is it about him and Manchester City? Uh, it seems to bring out the best in him. Um, it was the best game I've seen him play against Manchester City in the FA Cup semi-final. And then today, again, he played really well, I thought. Um, he wasn't too far away from scoring an absolute screamer as well. I'm not sure what it is about him that does that I'd, who knows um hopefully he can perform like that next year because uh, he's been a woeful disappointment but we'll get onto to that a little bit later on um the bad the bad is probably conceding four. um i don't think we deserve to concede four. honestly we were and it just goes to show how fast it can change with one of the best teams in the world um we went within minutes we went from one nil up to two one down and then, similarly, slightly later on, we went just a just a bunch of minutes in between from a blatant pass back, uh, and it probably being two two with a free kick from that that range. You know, when we're kind of three yards out, it's probably going to sneak in, um, and we went from two two potentially and being an absolute drama. Um, to three one and the game being over, it can happen that quick with the best teams in the world. Um, and they took full advantage of us. Four one probably um, was a little bit harsh on us, but you know, two of the goals were incredibly, uh, incredibly good. Mares got an absolute banger in, and Gundogan, Gundogan, Dun- Gundogan? whatever, his free kick was an absolute, sm- like unbelievable, top class goal. Um, there's no keeper in the world that's keeping that out. He he was an incredibly good player today, and we allowed him to run slightly too much of the show. Um, and that's really the difference between the first and the second half. We pressed the midfield in the first half, and we really sat off compared to the first um, in the second half. And that was really the big one that decided the problem. Um, you know, once they once they ran that midfield inside our half, they were able to pass those like sneaky little through balls in um, that really cost us everything. Uh, But overall, you know that that comes to a close. It brings the curtain down on a 38 game season that uh, was a really a a, not only you know the cliche of a game of two halves. It was a season of two halves. Um, The first half of the season was incredibly good. Um, We got the majority of our points in that time frame. Uh, We looked like a mid table team that could have even looked to sneak into the top 10. And we went from that to a team that was lucky to stay up. Um, And speaking of staying up, thank God we didn't have to rely on Manchester United the last game of the season because Cardiff beat them 2-0 today uh, at Old Trafford. Lots of questions to be asked of Oligon Gunnar Solskjaer, that's for sure. Um, just what has he got in the tank? You know, they, they decided to give him a full deal. Not sure that was the right decision. Um, and I'm sure they're wondering if it was the right decision now too. Uh, Manchester United will be another team we look to try and get points from again next year if they continue to play in this woeful manner. Um, you would think that they will have a lot of incoming and outgoing, uh, with several of them rumoured for us and several of them uh, you know one matter has been rumoured to us um, and I've seen a couple of things on Twitter about uh, what's his name I can't remember one of the young lads coming on loan but it's by the by um, yeah overall it I've, I've seen worse ends to the season than that uh, we were on the main stage and we got beat by the best team in the country until Liverpool win the Champions League in two weeks time you know <laughs> um story number four story number four uh are the stats of the season that i've collected so i wanted to grab some stats to show give us a kind of overarching look on what the season has looked like from a numbers perspective for the Albion. so i always like this kind of stuff it's really interesting and it is something that i really wanted to uh focus this entire podcast on the, the stats of the games and kind of like take away that bias perspective There has been plenty of times this year where that has failed miserably and my bias has come through. Um, But, you know, I I guess that comes with the human element. Uh, I will continue to try and grow it and get better at that. Um, But here we are at the end and we have lots of numbers to crunch. So some of the more obvious ones and then some of the ones that we don't really realize or look at, um, they're all worth thinking about. So goals, Uh, Glenn Murray, 13 goals for the season, one more than he scored last year. So, if anything, he's somehow got better. Um, On the simple eye test, you would assume he really hasn't got better. It looks like he has regressed and age is now starting to finally catch up with Glenn. Uh, I will be surprised if he even makes the bench next year, honestly. Um, But regardless, 13 goals, what a return. Um, I can honestly see him probably going um, to a, you know, like a mid-table team in the championship and firing them up for one last run um Shane Duffy second top goal scorer on five goals uh really speaks volumes as to where we need to strengthen in the summer because our third top goal scorer is Florin Andone and Pascal Gross with three each um almost all of our goals have come from you know almost a third of them have come from Glenn Murray um well over a third actually because we've scored thirty-five goals this season, and thirteen of them have come from Glenn. Um, we have a lot of work to do up front, and it's something we will get to in this podcast. But it's, you know, we're one stat in on this little little list I've got, and it's already screaming the obvious to where we've failed this season and that's scoring goals um, not good enough. We need to do that. We need to focus on that in the uh, in the summer. Assists. Uh, top two for a number of assists. Everybody under these two really have numbers of very little consequence. Uh, you know, twos and ones. Uh, Anthony Knockart, six assists for the season. And Solly March, five assists for the season. And I believe Solly got about three and three at one point. So outside of those, he, he was quiet. Um, again, it says the exact same thing that we, we said just two seconds ago. Uh, not enough attacking impetus. It's tough for players to score goals when there's not many lining up to a system. Uh, we hope that Gross would be able to do more, but he was hurt for, like, several times. Izquierdo was out for almost the entire season, so we never had that assist uh, wagon on the run. Um, Bernardo didn't get enough games at the start of the season and was slow coming in. Um, Ali Reza failed to really do anything. LaCardia was crap. Um Overall, we just didn't have the the attacking creativity that we needed to bag the assists we needed to get goals. Um, but Anthony Knockout wins the assists award with six. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, Man of the Match awards I thought was interesting. So these are official Man of the Match awards, not the ones that are given at the Amex. Um, like... For example, today against Manchester City, Bruno won man of the match. Um, that would not go down in the books uh, for these these official man of the match awards. Um, these are kind of Premier League man of the matches. They're different to uh, they are different to the ones that the stadiums hand out. The stadiums always hand out man of the matches. Um, for those of you who aren't aware or are, never made it to an English football game, um, the stadium hands out a. A, team, a player's man of the match, um, and it's almost, well, it is always a, a home team player, regardless of the score. Um, like I said, Bruno won it today. Probably more of a heart than head decision anyway. Um, and, you know, then the Premier League kind of officially awards a man of the match too. No idea how that's given. Would be interesting to look further into that. Um, but Man of the Match Awards, Shane Duffy, six Man of the Match Awards this year. Clem Murray with three. Um, again, rock-solid defenders, and Murray banging in the goals is always going to grab a couple of these awards. Uh, yellow cards, this one I found interesting. Uh, Dale Stevens top of the pile, with six. Uh, Andone just behind him with five. Pfft. <sighs> Andone didn't play that many games this year, and he still managed five yellow cards. He uh, he has a lot of work to do in terms of. If we were to get in someone like Mitrovic, him and Andone are going to be so prone to red cards. It's going to be scary. Um, we need to be very careful about the the culture we're bringing into our strikers. Um, pass percentage, uh, percentage, pass completion percentage. I'll get my words out eventually. Dale Stevens, top of the pile, uh, eighty three point seven percent not really sure that's a surprise to anybody um whether you think he passes more sideways backwards or forwards it doesn't really matter uh he is the best passer um in terms of completion rate with 83.7 percent lewis dunk just behind him at 83 and bruno just behind them at 82.8 uh that's going to be something we really miss next year the bruno knockout connection is something that really drives that right-hand side, and it's going to be a real big loss for the Albion. So they have a lot of work to do down there too. Um, Minutes played. Uh, So this isn't games played. This is minutes played. So our longest serving players this year, uh, Lewis Dunk played more minutes than anyone else this year with 3,063. Shane Duffy uh, just behind him with 2,998. And then despite the fact that he had... Uh, a tour in Asia Um, and probably thanks to the fact that Australia were crap, Matt Ryan rolls in at third with 2,970 minutes played. Um, Again, people ask like when people look at the story of Brighton season and wonder why we stay up. um, It's down to the fact that our defenders have been so good and so consistent over the season. And it's no coincidence that our top three players with most minutes played are our back three, you know, the center Of our defense. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Interceptions. So successful interceptions per game average. Uh, Montoya is actually top of the list here. um, With an average of exactly two interceptions per game successful. I honestly thought it would be somebody like Duncan Duffy. um, But they were in the very low ones. um, Along with most other players at the back. But Montoya seems to have a real eye um, on pinching that ball away. So, fair play, uh, Martin Montoya. Clearances, successful clearances a game. Um, Shane Duffy, again, unsurprising probably. Uh, 6.9 successful clearances a game. Uh, there is little surprise that he is not on the pass percentage uh, completion stats when Lewis Dunk is, when he's banging the ball out as often as he is. Uh, successful blocks per game. This one surprised me too. This is Shane Duffy. I thought it would be Lewis Dunk uh, with 1.3 on average successful blocks per game. Uh, I was honestly expecting Lewis Dunk there. Lewis Dunk seems to be more of the throwing his body on the line kind of guy, but clearly I wasn't giving Duffy enough credit. He's uh, he's throwing himself on the line all the time. It's a fair play to him. Successful tackles per game. Um... So these are, these are tackles that have successfully been made and the ball's been kept after the fact. Um, I wasn't surprised by this because you see it happen <coughs> all week whenever you see them play. Bernardo, um, with an average of three per game, um, he has been an absolute revelation for us at left back. He will probably be our left back for years to come until somebody swoops in and takes him for a crap ton of money. Uh, what a sign-in he was. Um... Key passes. So, the player with the most key passes uh, on average per game. Honestly, I thought this was going to be somebody else. I, th- I've, I actually thought this would be Solly March. Um, but it's not. It's Pascal Gross with an average of 2.2. 2. Solly March was actually only at 1.1. 1. 1. Um... Pascal Gross, again, he made, what, 24 appearances for us this year. Uh, not as many as we would have liked, but when he is playing, he's still the main playmaker. He's still the main creator. And I'm sure if he'd have played all 38, he would have been top of the assist charts too, but he didn't. So that's the kind of person we're missing in that midfield. That's the kind of person we need to not get hurt. So hopefully he can stay fit next season if we don't sign somebody who can play in his spot or somebody who can really compete with him. Um And here's probably the most damning stat of the season in terms of goal scoring, um, and the fact that the reason we were in trouble was because we didn't score enough goals or create enough chances. Uh, Shots on target per game average. This was a tie. Uh, Two players tied this with 0.5 shots on target per game on average, and that was Glenn Murray and Shane Duffy. Um, Our centre-half... Is averaging more shots on target than anybody else in this club. And it's only 0.5 on average per game. Appalling. Absolutely appalling. Um, We have a lot of work to do in the summer. So without further ado, let's get on to the summer with story number three. Uh, Transfers. Outgoing squad. So... We're obviously going to lose players this summer. Uh, I expect to. That would not come as a shock to me. Um, first one we're going to lose is absolutely here. It is Bruno. Uh, Captain Fantastic. He has been with us now for a long, long time. Uh, 196 appearances, five goals, 11 assists, only one red card, five Man of the Match report uh, awards, and probably many more in reality for Albion fans. Yeah. Um, Probably the greatest right-back at the Albion ever. Definitely the greatest right-back in my lifetime. Um, he is going to be missed in every capacity. I hope that we keep him on in a non-playing format. Conversations are starting or are ongoing about how we can keep him. I pray to God we do. Because he he has just embodied everything there is about being together. Um you know it's a it's a good marketing touch with the hashtag together and it's hell it's the name of this podcast but he really embodies that entire attitude that the Albion had all the way through the championship and now um, there was a noticeable uptick in performances when he came in uh, whenever he dro- came in for dropping Montoya and that isn't that isn't even a slate on Montoya I think he's a good right back but Bruno just has this aura about him that makes everybody play at upper level. Um, for the rest of the squad, uh, I've actually, um, put them into four sections. Uh, so we'll start with the untouchables. These are players we need to keep at all costs. Um, be it because, well, I'll explain why actually. Um, first three should be obvious. Matt Ryan, Shane Duffy, and Lewis Dunk. We need to keep all three of those at all costs. They have played more minutes than anybody else this season. We have still played well defensively this season. They need to stay. Um, Duncan Duffy are definitely going to get attention this summer. I have no doubt about it. Arsenal would probably do. But ask if in fact, if you took out Arsenal's centre-halves and plugged in Duncan Duffy, they're a better team. So that they are two players that they are going to get attention. Um, and they are two players that will probably want to leave because they're going to be big clubs that come in for them. They're not going to be Bournemouth or Burnley or... You know, like a team that's going to be almost a sideways move. These are going to be probably top six teams that are going to look at these. We need to keep them. Uh, Bernardo obviously stands to reason. He's an outstanding left back. He should be our left back. He's too young to get rid of right now, um, to sell on right now. Give him another two years, and he's going to be tripling what we would pa- get get paid for this season. Bisuma uh, now, I put Bissouma in the untouchable list for the exact same reason. Um, he showed a lot of raw talent this season and a lot of stuff that needs working on. There are a lot of teams that would love to take him, probably, to develop that talent. But if we develop it ourselves in two years, we can be getting £100 million for this player. We do not want to go anywhere near selling him this year. And Pascal Gross, um, he has to go in the untouchable list. He's got more key passes than anyone else. He's scored three goals you know, he's someone that we simply have to keep. Sure, we could possibly replace him with decent players, but until we do that, as of right now, he's the only number 10 we have and he should be going absolutely nowhere. He is untouchable. He should not be going anywhere. He will get attention, but he should go nowhere. My list, my second list is the secure list. These are players that are Either probably not gonna get any uh attention outside of us, or they're players that Brighton would be more than happy to see come to preseason next uh next year. Martin Montoya, we have no other right back but Martin Montoya. He's not a bad right back. Yes, he has some work to do, but he is going nowhere. He will be here next year, barring a crazy summer. Dale Stevens, same thing. Love him or hate him. Uh Dale Stevens is secure, Chris Hutton loves him. He's going nowhere, again, unless we get an outrageous offer. Anthony Knockhart and Solly March, I'm putting them in the same sentence because they're both our only decent fit wingers. <laughs> they're going nowhere either. Uh, Knockart probably won't get the attention to go anywhere else. Solly March might catch the eye of a few, but uh, not this season. If we keep playing him and he keeps growing as much as he is, uh, a couple of years from now we may get a lot of money for him too. But as of right now, they're secure. They're here next season, I'm sure. Davy Proper. Um, he's secure because we want to keep him. I'm not sure we will, though. Uh, he's going to be prone to a bid at least once. It's whether we can keep him or not. If it is by one of the big Dutch giants, PSV, Ajax, if they offer a lot of money for him, he may well go. Um, but as of right now, we need we need center midfielders, and I can't imagine that we're going to be keen on selling him. It's going to cost a lot of money to get, get him uh, off the Albion. Florian Andone, we just signed him. He's only young. He was never going to be the first choice striker this year with Glenn Murray being the man. He's going nowhere, though. He's safe. It's uh same thing. He's going nowhere. He's been hurt all year. His first season was an absolute brilliant season once he started getting real dug in. Um, and there's just no reason to even look anywhere else. People won't come in for him, uh, and we shouldn't accept anything for him. He's not going to be fit for a long time, but if we can get him up and running after Christmas, uh, he could be the player that changes everything, just like he was two years ago. Um, My third list is, if they go, they go. We could do better than these players. It won't hurt the starting eleven to lose them. Keitan Bong. He's going to do a job. We all know the job he's going to do at left back if Bernardo is hurt. Could we do better? Yes, I think we could. There are rumors of us going for uh, Bolton's very young left back, I believe it was, but I don't think he's going to come to us. I think he's going to go Spurs. Um, Could we do better? Yes. He just signed a year extension, uh, but I think he's probably going to stay here. Dan Byrne and Leon Balogun, both backup center halves. Both good backup center halves uh but could we do better? Yes, of course we could. Um would I like either of those two to step into the starting 11 or if Duncan Duffy were to go? Absolutely not, and that's why they're on the could be better. Baram Uh now I don't I don't feel this way. Um I think he should probably play more games than he has this year, but he ain't, which means Hutton doesn't want him to play more games, which means we need to look elsewhere. We could still get a good, uh, good price for him right now, three, four, five million for to, from a championship club. I would not be upset if he left in that way. Uh, but I personally, from my own bias perspective, I think we're we're missing a beat by letting him. But I won't be shocked to see it happen. Uh, and David Button, you know, we 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 could do better, but he's he's a viable backup. There really isn't much more to say about him. Um, and now we're on to the Expendables. Uh, get rid of them all. We don't need any of them with explanations. Steele made one FA Cup appearance. Yes, it was a good one, but we don't need him. Christian Walton is an excellent third backup choice if we need him. Uh, if he doesn't go on loan, we're fine. Steele needs to just... It's a waste of money. Shalotto and Sutner, both fullbacks that didn't even make the 25. Both fullbacks, I have no idea what they've been doing for the last 12 months, uh, get them out of the club. Get them off the wage budget. I don't care if we send them away for free. Um, they have to go. Jurgen LaCardia. Waste of money. Not good enough. Yes, he scored a couple of goals. Yes, I was like desperate to see something from him and thought we could get something from him. But he is not built to play in Chris Hutton's system in the Premier League. Would he do well in the Championship? Yes, I think he would light it up. Yes, he is the perfect striker to play alongside another one in a 4-4-2. Is that something Albion will do? No. Get rid. Get what we can for him, because we've wasted a lot of money on him for a player we were never going to play in a position he needed to play in. Tom Hamed, same thing. Get rid. Richie Tao, get rid. This is the this is the contentious one. Um, Percy Tao. We've not seen a single one a thing of him in blue and white stripes. I suspect we probably never will. Um... Rumours are very much uh, concrete in the fact that he will not get a visa again this year. This will be his second year of his contract where he will get nothing at all. Um, If Bloom can finagle some kind of weird transfer to send him to uh, USG, uh, Bloom's other Belgian club that he's playing for right now, fine. If not, he's just lit up the second division in Belgium. Get what you can for him while you can. It's a waste of time and resources keeping him on this book bu- on the books. Um, just bite the bullet and send him over to USG now. I don't see the problem. I don't see why we should keep him. Um, there may be some disagreements with that, but you know, let me know. Uh, transfers incoming is story number th- two. Uh, so, story number two are the positions we need to decide on what how we're going to fill them. Um, I have some names that have been going all around the Twitter sphere and Facebook and Instagram. And I also have one or two that uh, haven't been brought up over there, but they're my own kind of thoughts. Um, So we need a right back. We absolutely need a right back. Bruno's retiring. We need a replacement uh, or someone to partner with Montoya. Whatever. We need competition. Uh, Simpson at Leicester is a free transfer. We could do a lot worse. I would really like us to go for him. He is someone we've seen on Twitter, talked about. I would love us to go there. Antonio Valencia is also someone that uh, has made a lot of headlines on rumors that we he uh, he could come over to us mainly on Instagram, which is absolutely, you know, the the pits for, for legitimate rumors. But I think he would be a player that's willing to take a pay cut, but nothing more than a short-term uh, viable thing because Valencia is not getting any younger either. Uh but what a bit of class from Premier League, he would add. Uh, but I don't see that one happening. And my other one that nobody really seems to be talking about is uh, Matteo, um, our right-back that we signed a couple of years ago that's been at Brescia this year. Um, you know, he's made about 20-odd appearances for the Italian Serie B-side. They've won the league. Um, he is a right-back. I wonder what's going to happen with him. Um is he someone that could end up filling in as the secondary right-back? I don't know. Um, he's someone that I'll be really interested to keep an eye on, even if we end up selling him in two weeks to, to Brescia, which would be a bit of a disappointment. But he's someone we want to keep an eye on because he he's kind of gone under the radar here. Um, but, you know, he's actually made a lot of appearances, and they won the league. It's something to keep tabs on. Um, and then the rest of it... Providing the fact that we keep all our players um, needs to be in our attacking sense. Uh, you know, especially if Proper does leave um, and Kyle isn't good enough for Chris Hutton. we need two more centre midfielders, in my opinion. At least one to repl- to help with Pascal Gross and one to be a significant upgrade on Kyle and or Proper. Um, Juan Mata has been all over the rumour mill. Good friends with Bruno. Maybe that actually will happen. Aaron Moy. As another one all over the rumour mill. He's been over the rumour mill for about three years now, to be fair. Um, Australian centre midfielder with Huddersfield. One of their only really decent players. Uh, and probably one of their only players that look like a Premier League quality player. Uh, we could do a lot worse than signing him, honestly. Um, he isn't my favourite centre midfielder, but if he was someone we are replacing for a baram Kayal type replacement... I, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, James Milner. He's another one over the last couple of days that has been gaining traction. That's simply because he's a great footballer um, and he seems like the type of player that might take a pay cut just on his personality. Do I think we'll get him? Absolutely not. Uh, I think it's a bit of a waste of time getting uh, even talking about it, but I wanted to bring it up because most of of these players we're going through are going to be players of either relegated sides or free agents, um, which, you know, it's Meg. I'm not surprised. These are the only players in the rumor mill right now. They're the only players we know are achievable, kind of. Um, my other centre midfielder that I would love us to take a look at um, is currently at Toronto um, and was in the Belgian league for a couple of years before that. Um, Alejandro Pozuelo is a central attacking midfielder, Spanish centre centre midfielder. Um, and he is some player uh he has lit up the MLS which you know kind of isn't hard to do um, but he was also a very good player for in the Belgian League and he also was gank a uh, gank star player in every European game he played in. I would love us to look at him um he looks a real talent and he's someone that I have seen a couple of games and thought God he could he's a, he's attainable and would really be a good addition to the squad um. So that was one of my little tidbits of things that I'd been looking at. Um, wingers. We need wingers. Is Kieros hurt? We only have Solly, Knockart, uh, and Ali Reyes are fit and available as wingers. Gaio Keres may, may be an option, at uh, left or right wing, um, but I think we need two more wingers. Um, Ryan Sessignon, He will probably be available for a lot of money at Fulham because they've gone down. Um... But his value has dropped since his uh, Premier League performances because he failed to do as well as everybody thought he would. Um, he would be a tremendous signing if we were to get him. Uh, another one um, that, especially in the last couple of weeks, that I've paid more attention to simply because of the situation we're in we in is, we're in, is uh, Mendes Lang. He has scored two against United today as well. He scored against us. He looks like an incredibly decent left winger. And he would be very much attainable for us. Um, he looks exactly the kind of winger that Hughton likes to, very quick, likes to cut in. Uh, I would love us to go for him. He's probably the only Cardiff player that I would want going anywhere near this Brighton team. But I I think Hughton should really go out and try and get him. Um, and another player, uh, talking of Belgian teams, because um, there's a couple here that I have left on the list because the Belgian league is one that I followed for a while for some, well, long story short, I went to Belgium. I loved it. I what started following a lot of football over there because I'm a nerd. Um, but Yannick Balassi is over there um, and he's having a hell of a season. Yannick Balassi although he's ex-Palace, could be a lot worse. Um, we could pick a lot worse wingers than him. It would be worth having a look at if we thought he would be a good addition. Not sure his attitude is up to it, uh, but I would be interested in even thinking about it. And Danny Welbeck, who's uh, recently been a left or right winger. (sighs) Seen him a lot in the rumors because he's a free agent. He's he's far too injury prone, and I don't think he's the one for us, but he's there. Uh, And Strikers, the most obvious one of all. Um, We need two Strikers, honestly. Both got enough to start. Uh, Murray is probably not going to be a viable alternative next year, which leaves us with just Andone and LaCardia. And LaCardia is not even close to being an acceptable player. Um, I made a poll in the week um, with Salomon Rondon, uh, Olivier Giroud, and Mitrovic. Mitrovic, I think, is no secret we're interested in. Uh, Giroud is a free agent who I truly think would be willing to take a pay cut um, if we had the right conversations because a big a big six team isn't going to come for, come in for him, um, and Salomon Rondon is a player that played incredibly well uh, at Newcastle, and if West Brom don't go up, um, he would be a player that would be very attainable too. Rondon finished bottom of the pole. Giroud, uh, second and Mitrovic was overwhelmingly the Albion favorite to be signed. And I have a sneaky suspicion he probably will be. Um, but we need one more after that. Welbeck again was in the conversation. Um, and here's my last Belgian snap. Um, I would love us to go for the lad at Bruges named Wesley. Uh, he's a young Brazilian lad. He's rapid as shit. He's really good. He's really skillful. Um, he's like Andone, uh, and I would really like to see us go for someone like that. Uh, just to provide a bit of extra dimension. Um, do I think we'll get any of these people? Honestly, I think we'll probably of these group would probably get Mitrovic and that'll be about it. Um And we'll see a lot of rumours uh develop over the next couple of weeks, and I'm here for it because I love the transfer drama. <laughs> um And it gives us something to talk about, so you know, there's never a there's never a bad time for that. So Final story of the week. Uh, what next for me? Um, because we're now at the end of the season um, and, you know, there's there's no more top five stories of the week to talk about when Albion don't do anything for three weeks. So uh, just to give everybody a heads up... Um, Next week, um, we'll definitely have an episode. Um, I'm looking for a roundtable of guests. I have people in mind. Uh, Hopefully, it can all come together, and I can bring that to you next Monday uh, for a full season recap, people's best moments, people's worst moments, just an overall general roundtable of people's thoughts after they've had a week for it all to simmer. Um, And then after that, uh, you know, I have some ideas. Uh, There's The rumors of a U.S. preseason is still in the works. Um, A lot of people on social media believe it may well just go to Austria now due to the level of uh, opponent they would have been playing in the U.S., which is kind of mind-blowing to me because we've never played a quality opposition in in Austria. Um, We've been there before, and we never played a quality opposition. They're always crap. Um, So I don't know what that's all about. Uh, But if they were to come over here, I will be there, and I would be able to bring interviews be it from American fans, be it from anybody at Albion, I could snag. um, If they go to the, if they come over here, I will be there and there will be content out the wazoo. Uh, If they don't come here, um, it's probably going to be an as needed basis with a minimum of like once a month um, over June, July Uh, with a season preview, of course, coming up just before the season starts. Um, It's probably going to be a quiet two months after next week. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what's next, really. I don't know. <laughs> uh, if we get a US preseason, there's going to be a lot of fun. If we don't get a US preseason, we'll just take what we can get. But that is all from me. Uh, overall, great season. We got away with it. But when you look at it on the face of it, we've had a good one. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Be safe.